And those things are unknowable in the sense of, of tracking of attribution. And I don't know how they ever are going to be knowable unless we all become microchipped and decide that privacy really is just no longer a thing. Welcome to the BBC show where we interview the best and brightest in paid search and paid social advertising. This is episode 59 and I'm your host, J.D. Prater. This week I'm joined by Julie Friedman Pacini, self-proclaimed digital dinosaur to discuss PPC automation and the great attribution myth. Julie's been in marketing for over 18 years and on this episode she's going to be sharing with us how advertisers can take baby steps to paid search automation as well as the best use cases for automation. And then finally, she'll explain why attribution is kind of a joke. So stay tuned and let's get to the show. Hey, Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks, I'm really excited about this. As am I. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I think we're gonna have a really good one. Uh, This is a really good one to actually kind of like dive in to talk about, so. We're going to be talking about some PPC automation and the great attribution myth. But before we get started, why don't you give us a little uh, background of who Julie Friedman Bacini is? Sure. I am a bit of a digital dinosaur, as I like to say. (laughs) I have been working in, uh, in marketing in general, but specifically in digital for about 18 years now in the digital space. So I have been here since the beginning and I have seen, you know, everything from websites just beginning to develop to platforms beginning to develop. And I've worked in pretty much every aspect of the online space with a particular specialty over the last eight to 10 years in uh, paid search. Wow. That's, that's impressive. So how did you uh, get started (laughs) with uh, Neptune Moon then? Uh, I actually had a full-time marketing position with a health system, and I'd been doing some work, uh, freelance work on the side, thinking about going out on my own, and then my department got eliminated, and I thought, well, I guess today's the day, and the rest is history. Wow. Bold. You know, I've I've actually run into a a few people with a very similar type of story, and you know what? Thank you to you type of people who are so bold to go out there on a limb, start their own agency and fulfill the work, do the work. I am always impressed with that kind of story. So kudos to you. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, let's have some fun here. So let's jump into some PPC automation. So tons of announcements coming out, especially in the last year. And since you have such a really great view in the, you know, you talked about 18 years, you know, talk to me about what you kind of see on the horizons. Because I think if we would have talked a year ago, we would have seen paid search specifically. Uh, People would are like, eh, you know, I I love the idea of scripts, but I'm scared of them. But there really seems to be like a shifting of tides. And I just kind of want to get your thoughts around, um, you know, PPC automation specifically within paid search. I do think that things are shifting. It does seem that the the pace of development, um, a, a lot of the automation related uh, technologies really seem to have taken a pretty big leap forward in the past 12 to 18 months. Um, I think that that's definitely true because you're right. In the past, the idea of trying to do a script on your own or even just doing anything 
more than kind of creating just a basic rule within within an account of sort of notify me if this happens or if this happens, then go ahead and do that. I mean, that was sort of the beginning and the end, unless you were using a pretty sophisticated um, third-party tool for options as far as automation went. And now with, um, I mean, I feel like the term machine learning, we're a little oversaturated with that at the moment, but I think that's just starting and it encompasses such a wide range of technology that, you know, it, it's a little unclear exactly which pieces of that are going to take off. But I think as a whole, it definitely has a lot of potential to take some of the things that have to be done on a regular basis when you're managing paid search and just be able to create logic and create ways of doing things that free up managers to kind of dig a little bit deeper into pieces that machines can't really understand, like where the nuances, where you need to be making connections, where you want to you know, take numbers and then figure out, like, what does that mean in the broader sense? I don't think machines are great at that. I think people are. But if a lot of that can be brought to the table via automation so that you can more easily do some of that type of work, I think that's really exciting. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. So um, let's let's kind of dive into it. What are some of the tasks that, you know, you, you think should be automated or that you are automating? And then what kind of impact have you, you know, seen automation have even within your own uh, campaign management? I've been dabbling in scripts. Um, I used to find, I mean, I, I've done some low-level programming for websites and other things like that over the years. Um, so I finally got over my fear of scripts um, <laughs> in the last couple of years. And I have been using scripts to sort of automate. And I, I mean, I, I really like automation for monitoring of things mm -hmm. Especially when you get to scale. I mean, I think it's sort of one thing for you to be manually monitoring, <clears throat> excuse me, performance or bids or, you know, even if there's some like a problem that comes up, you know, to make sure that, that all of your ads are pointing to URLs that aren't in fact broken. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of those things that when you're working on a small scale, maybe you don't necessarily need to automate. But, you know, when you get to a certain critical mass, it is does kind of become a little bit of a waste of time, I think, for, you know, somebody who has a high level of expertise to be spending time, you know, double checking that kind of stuff. So I think being able to utilize, you know, scripts that just sort of automatically run, you know, and they they will send you a report or they'll make a notation, you know, they'll add a label, they'll make a notation right in, you know, in the account so that you can then um, more efficiently, I think, just kind of take a look at everything and know, yep, everything's okay, or these three things need my attention. I mean, I think that that really makes a difference in sort of the day-to-day -day management and what you're doing and where you're spending your time. Yeah, I definitely agree on that one. Uh, it's one of the, um, the things that me coming into paid search, like I was like, Oh yeah, scripts. Okay, cool. You know, so you got like Daniel Gilbert, you got like Frederick Valet, you know, writing these amazing scripts and giving them away for free, you know, on search engine land. And I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna put those in my accounts. And then I would talk to, I mean, I'll, I'll call out Matt Umbro here. And uh, Umbro's like, nah, I don't really use them, you know? And I'm like, wait, so am, am I the weird one? Like, why aren't people doing this more? And I was just like, this is great. Like, it's going to help me do my job. It's going to make me faster. It's going to make me better. And then that's when I kind of found this like rift within, you know, uh, automation and the control freaks of the world. And so 
moving forward within that idea of like control freaks. So we, we finally have got to this <laughs> point where it seems like paid search, and I'm, I'm calling paid search people control freaks, it, which is in uh, opposition to like paid <laughs> social people that are just like, yeah, Facebook, do whatever you want. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, for where sure. Do you, where do you think the next year is going to take us? You know, so let's say you and I, so we talked about a year ago, we probably wouldn't be even having this conversation, right? So at the speed at which things are moving. And if you've seen this new interface within AdWords, right? I mean, we can already tell where it looks like Google wants to go with things, which is, it seems like more control. Where do you think in a year from now, if we have you back on the show, where are we, where are we headed? That's a tough, I mean, it's a tough question. Part of it has to do with sort of what becomes universally accepted and adopted and I think, you know, to go back to what you were saying about sort of this rift <laughs> between people who, who like automation in general and who, and who don't, um, you know, I think as things become more accessible and they become more baked in to, you know, I mean, the AdWords interface, the new one is, is not completely rolled out. So it'll be interesting to see if there are more automation features that are baked in. Um, I think that when things are simpler to implement and, you know, a script, it really depends on your background, and it depends on a lot of different factors. I think if using a script is something that when you hear the idea, you're like, oh, that's cool. I really want to try that, or it makes you hyperventilate. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So people yeah. are kind of anywhere anywhere on that spectrum. And, and any position on – I mean, I think they're all sort of justified. It's a little bit a product of your own experience. Um, so I think that, that – more things are going to become more accessible so that you don't have to feel like you're somebody who knows how to code in JavaScript to hmm. be able to take a script that some brilliant person has created and then actually put it in your account and have it be working and sort of know what to do with it. I feel like that's going to be so much more accessible a year from now, even than it is now. Gotcha. Gotcha. This is my last kind of like follow-up question here on automation is, you know, there's always this kind of undercurrent around people talking that automation is going to steal our jobs, right? So within the PPC world, I mean, do you, do you think that's really going to happen? Or I guess, let me say, is that going to happen? And then what do you think that's actually going to look like? You touched on it kind of briefly, but I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on fleshing that out a little bit more. The dinosaurs, the dinosaur yeah. perspective. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, I will say this. I think that inevitably in in every industry, there really are not very many exceptions. Um, the longer it's around, the more that at least a portion of the industry becomes what I would call commoditized. Uh, and I think that we've already seen that to a certain degree in, in paid search, less so in social because social has not really been around as long as, you know, traditional search advertising. But I think that there's a certain amount of commoditization that happens. And, and what I mean by that is there's a certain amount of baseline work that becomes a lot less specialized. In other words, you don't necessarily need the same degree of technical skill that perhaps you needed, you know, years prior as something was beginning to develop. And I think to a certain extent that that has become true in paid search. So... I think the limitation, as at least in, in my opinion, the limitation as far as how far can automation go as far as replacing somebody like you or replacing somebody like me, um, I don't think that it can in, in a lot of instances. Um, for basic needs, for super simple accounts, I mean, maybe. 
Um, but for people who are really interested in, you know, having something that can be all that it can be, you know, and, and have maximum reach and maximum return and all of that, I don't know that there's a substitute for, for the human brain when it comes to really being able to not just aggregate and interpret and analyze a lot of information, but I think the one place that automation really falls down is nuance. And I use the example when you look at close variants mm, that's a good <laughs> and one. what, I mean, that like to me, that's sort of like the first, the first brush a lot of us have had with machine learning. Um, it's got a long way to go to replace a human. It doesn't understand nuance. It doesn't even really understand all the time that words like the same word can have more than one meaning and depending on the context. Um, so if you think about it from that point of view, I, I do feel like we are a long way away from automation being a serious threat to people's career longevity. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that one too. And I'll, I'll even throw in, um, you know, like their kind of responsive ads that they will like build for you, you know? I was like, ooh, you almost got the brand color, but not quite. <laughs> you know, it's like that's not quite right. And you know, and there was definitely some some nuances. I, I give them I give them credit for getting really close and doing a really good job. But I think in the end, you know, one thing I've always kind of thought about: Have you seen the movie Hidden Figures? No, not yet. It's it's really good. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to give it away, but um, there is a part where uh, IBM's got their big computer uh, coming into NASA and it's either you can get replaced by the computer or you can learn how to program the computer. And, you know, um, they took the necessary steps to make sure that they had jobs. So I think that's also given rise um, maybe to like this rise of the technical marketer. Have you seen this? You have any thoughts? Yeah, on that? Yes. Um, I mean, I think that, I think it's smart. I mean, you have to sort of figure out where things are, are going. I mean, I say this as someone who's been doing it for a long time. Um, you have to figure out what people want from their providers. And so there's a combination of sort of on an emotional level, understanding what it is that people are wanting and what they're needing from their, from their providers and positioning yourself to be able to provide that. But I think the other piece is, and one of the greatest values that professional uh, paid search managers have is staying on top of things that are happening. And we are more apt to know about, learn about, and not be afraid to implement something that is sort of technical, you know, in nature. So whether it's, you know, scripts or it's using schema or it's, you know, diving into the whole world of, you know, AMP and, you know, is mm -hmm. that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It's kind of both, um, you know, but it's, it's having the knowledge to be able to, you know, kind of see those things and then weed out like what's worth doing and what's not worth pursuing. And then learning about the things that you think are worth pursuing and making them part of your, you know, part of your process and part of your value proposition. Gotcha, man. So good. If you are listening and you're new to the PPC world, uh, take that. That is some really good advice. All right. So let's shift gears here away from automation and talk about the great attribution myth. And you just wrote this fantastic article around attribution. And you went on to say, attribution is kind of a joke. What did you mean by that? I did say that. 
Uh, I am not one to shy away from bold statements. <laughs> and um, a lot of my blog posts, to be honest, happen when something just sort of strikes me and then I have to get it all out. Um, and this post was no exception. But I think this is sort of the dirty little secret that doesn't really get talked about. And maybe people don't want to talk about it. I don't know. But I feel like it's a really important topic because the way that we generally talk about attribution, I think we treat it like it's a mature, fully developed, really reliable system mm-hmm. of being able to accurately know um, exactly what a customer's journey was from that initial sort of like spark in their head of, hmm, I might need something to when they, you know, do all of their looking, researching, going to physical stores, all the things they might do. And then they eventually reach that point where they purchase, don't purchase. Um, I think we treat that as a process that we have a complete view and access to and all of it is trackable and attributable. And I just really don't think with today's technology that it is. 100% agree. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I, this is me. So this is me coming from agency side and now being internal. It's, it, it would, I would love to say, yeah, I'm looking at the customer journey all the time and I fully understand it. It's, but it's crazy. And let, let's face it. One, customer journeys are crazy. Two, the technology is not there. So let's, let's kind of break down some of that technology and the attribution. And uh, why, why do you think it's not there yet? What, what are some of the things that I know that you pointed out in this article that are lacking? Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, there are certain things that human beings do in the course of a, a decision-making process that, you know, I call them unknowable. And from a real practical standpoint, if you are trying to track different things, there are definitely processes and things that people do that just are unknowable to to a marketer like you have no idea if i'm if i'm seeking some kind of product or service you will have no idea as the marketer for instance if i have a conversation with my neighbor about it mm-hmm. if i you know am seeking recommendations on facebook you know if i'm doing different things that there's just like no way for you to know but one of those things could turn out to be the tipping point or the most influencing factor for me um, as to whether or not I decide to to become a customer. And those things are unknowable in the sense of, of tracking of attribution. And I don't know how they ever are going to be knowable unless we all become microchipped and decide that privacy really is just no longer a thing. <laughs> so, then, uh, so then should we just give up on attribution? No, I don't think that we should give up on attribution, but I think that we should contextualize it better And I feel like the way that we've been talking about it really makes it seem like it is more um, powerful and complete than it actually is. And I really think that if we start to talk about it for what it is, then we can be using it more appropriately and we can be using those pieces of data to kind of create a feedback loop for the different parts of the journey that we are able to see. And then we can take some of that information and we can extrapolate it out when we're looking at other types of of data that you might not be able to directly correlate, but you can make a reasonable um, assumption that 
you know, there is at least a correlation, possibly a causation. If you're seeing a bump in, in foot traffic, if you're seeing a bump in inquiries, if you're seeing a bump in, in different types of activity, um, looking at things more on like a timeline factor based on things that you were, that you were doing. So I think it's kind of like changing the way that we think about it and changing the weight that we give to today's current attribution, I think sort of puts it in a better perspective and a better context and it makes it more useful. Yeah, I agree. How do you go about handling, because typically what is trackable and what is attributable gets the most amount of budget. At least that's what it feels like, right? So we know that we're still kind of stuck in this last click mindset, but how do you go about giving more budget to maybe more top of funnel efforts, maybe like a Facebook? Um, and how do you kind of talk about that with clients? So I think one of the worst things that has happened as we have had access to more data is that, again, we have given that data more power than it actually deserves at this point, hmm. um, which I know is also a pretty bold statement. <laughs> but um, what I mean by that is we are treating data that we have access to as sort of the be-all and end-all when it's really a portion of the picture. So I think that we need to return a little bit to kind of how things were before digital. And you sort of remember, at least I remember, because <laughs> I was doing this before there was digital, that we didn't have any of this kind of data. Everything that we did, we had very, very minimal data as far as like what were people actually doing? How were they specifically interacting with the types of outreach or the types of advertising or things that you were doing to try to move the needle to get more, you know, get more inquiries, get more purchases, get more foot traffic, that type of thing. Um, I think that we could probably rein it in a little bit as far as treating the data that we have as being so, so absolute. And I think the, the whole last click piece is a really great example of that because the absolute data that we have really kind of is last click in a lot of instances. So we know for sure that the time that you visited the website and you actually decided that you were going to purchase the product, you came in via, you know, an organic search or you came in because we sent you an email with a coupon offer and that, you know, moved you from thinking about it to doing it, right? So we have a pretty clear um, understanding of what that last thing was that we did that got you from maybe to yes. But I think that we need to treat that as like, okay, well, we know what the last step was. So we know that this can be effective in taking people from thinking about it to yes. Hmm. Um, and start thinking of it in that way instead of, of giving it more, you know, we don't want to give it more power. I mean, I think we've probably all seen that cartoon that, you know, shows, oh, you know, all this came from mobile. Oh my gosh, we need to put all of our, all of our money in mobile um, because everything is showing up as, you know, as the last click is, is the mobile or the last click is coming from social. I mean, that's nuts. Um, Cause we know it's not, and you can think about your own behavior. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, I mean, I've said this for years. One of the most important things you can do, I think sometimes is just think about your own behavior. Like what does your customer journey look like when you're looking for different types of, you know, local places to go, products or services or, you know, things like that. How, even as a digital marketer, how, what does your journey look like? For me, it depends on what I'm looking for, how urgent it, like it could look eight different ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's typical for, you know, for most people. 
So we have to start thinking about like, how do we move the needle and how do we do it in a way that, I mean, the bottom line is clients want to move the needle. And I think we're doing them a bit of a disservice by acting like we can definitively put everything precisely, exactly, and completely in each bucket. We need to be working with them for a full spectrum approach because people are looking at stuff in a hundred different ways. So we need to be trying to do our best to narrow down where we think we're most likely to reach them. And then we need to spend time seeing if we're pushing stuff into, you know, column A, are we seeing any difference, you know, on the, on the bottom line metric that we're trying to measure and then kind of working from there. Yeah. I think it's, it's really good advice. It's really good advice. And, you know, even here, um, you know, in San Francisco, I know that there's a lot of startups really trying to crack that attribution code. And there's a couple of companies that are doing it fairly well. I mean, still, they're not cross device. And I think that's the huge limitation that I'm seeing. I was just thinking about this yesterday, kind of like prepping for our our conversation. Um, I have my work computer. I have my phone. I go home. And then I have my like personal computer. That's like my computer. My wife has her, you know, work computer and her personal computer. And it's like there's and, and her phone, right? So we have six different devices that it could, you know, potentially a conversion could ever happen on. And it's like to think that um, how Google Analytics tracks really it's by device is how they're fingerprinting you. But we would come in as six different people and we're really just the same, you know, we're two different people, but like under like the same household whenever we're doing some of this stuff. So it, that was crazy for me to even kind of like wrap my head around is making that decision. And I think you're right with those unknowable pieces and you're never going to know all those. So good. But it's okay. I mean, I it think what, what I really want to, to get across is there's been such a gigantic push for big data and big data. And, you know, <laughs> if you're not using it, like you're not doing it right. And, you know, all that, that has been such a tremendous push over the last, what, like three to four years, you know, big data. I'm tired of hearing about big data. Um, you need the important data. You don't need gigantic data. So, you know, just taking a little bit of a deep breath and saying, okay, look, yeah, data's awesome. But, you know, data can lead you down the wrong path too. Because if you're not looking at the right information, or you're misapplying it, or you're misattributing it, then it's not that helpful. So, you know, I think that there's always going to be, you know, to your point about the multi-devices, I mean, we're the same way in that we have a (laughs) tremendous number of devices here in this house. Um, And there's always going to be, at least I think for the foreseeable future, um, this tension between People wanting to have like the best advantage they can have, you know, as far as um, brands knowing them and being able to personalize things. But there is a hard limit on that. So that tension between, you know, marketers want data, customers want personalized offers, but nobody wants to cross that plateau where suddenly like the brand knows exactly who I am. They know exactly which device, like they know everything about what I'm doing. That's a bridge that's pretty far from where we are right now. And I don't know that it's a bridge that ever gets crossed or should get crossed, really. Hmm. Well, then we can just leave it right there then. And let's, we can uh, transition into the rapid fire round where I'm going to ask the you round. the lightning <laughs> round. That's right. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here, give you about 60 seconds or so to answer each one. 
you ready to go? Okay. I'm ready. All right. Start you off with an easy one here. So you got an afternoon free, you know, no meetings, no prep work, no optimizations, no management. And you're like, I need to do some reading and get caught up on the industry. Uh, what are some of your favorite blogs and some of the places that you turn to to keep up with the industry and also within like PPC news? Uh, I mean, the first thing I would do would be I would go to I would go to Twitter um, and, you know, the PPC chat hashtag. I have a, a column open for that all the time because that cues me into um, things are happening right now. I find that that's really helpful. Um, but some of the sites that I read regularly, I read I read blogs regularly from, you know, a few of the participants in in PPC chat, but sort of more generally, um, search engine land and marketing land, I think, have really good coverage of what's going on. Um, and then I get a couple of other newsletters. I like uh, Street Fight. I don't know if other people are, are familiar with Street Fight magazine. Um, they have a just a ton of information um, about all kinds of things marketing related. And I get a couple of emails called Smart Briefs. I get one on social and I get one on um, interactive advertising. And I find a lot of great information through those sources. Hmm. Cool. No, I've never heard of Street Fight. Uh, I'll definitely take a look at that and uh, leave a link in the, uh, the show notes. So yeah, thanks for that tip. So let's say uh, Neptune Moon, you guys are going to be hiring a new PPC account manager in the next month or two. What are some of the skills that you look for in this, in this position? That's a great question. Um, I would say the most, I mean, certainly a, a strong base in, in the fundamentals. Um, it's really hard to start somebody off who doesn't have a grasp of sort of completing basic tasks inside of the different platforms. But beyond that, the, the piece that, that I look for the most is somebody who asks questions, someone who kind of has their has ideas about things. Um, I really encourage that. I think that no matter what level you're on, taking ownership of what you're working on and really trying to immerse yourself in it and really think about it from the client's point of view or applying experience you have from other things to say, hey, you know, we did this over here. I'm wondering if this might work there. Um, I look for that type of personality and that type of thinking. Um, because I think that has the greatest potential for growth and development. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. Good answer. Good answer. I like it. I got uh, two more for you here. So okay. you've been in the industry for a while, 18 years, and then really kind of focusing in within paid search. So what's something that you wish you knew then that you know now? Wow. That's a tough one. <laughs> I know that is a hard one. Because I feel like I feel like that, you know, every three months that there's something I wish I, you know, I wish I knew. Um, I don't know. I think just knowing sooner that, um, you know, search was going to actually become so much of a thing um, and knowing that, you know, how important mobile was going to be. I feel like I could be further along in helping clients to create better mobile experiences. I could have started pushing for that a lot sooner. Um, some are there, some aren't, but that is not slowing down anytime soon. I mean, I feel like that is going to become more and more and more and more and more critical, um, you know, as we, as we move forward. So knowing that when that was actually going to, you know, hit that tipping point would have been helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish, I wish I could have, uh, I definitely have foreseen that 
coming up the way that it did uh, 100%. Yeah, that was a that one hit quick. That one hit quick. And I actually, I, I really thank uh, Google for really kind of help pushing that one along with like, hey, like we're doing these mobile optimized sites and you need to make sure that your site is ready. That really at least pushed a lot of my clients to really think mobile first um, and kind of thinking about that. So good one. All right. Uh, last question for you that I always like to ask all of our guests is, let's say tomorrow, um, Neptune moon ceases to exist. It's not going to happen. We know you guys are going to be around <laughs> for a while, but, uh, what's like a fallback job? What's something that you would, uh, you know, start to take up, let's say by like next week. If I couldn't do this anymore, if you couldn't do it anymore. What do you think? Um, I would probably, I don't know if I could do anything, if there were no other constraints on me, I would want to do something working with animals. Hmm. I like that. I, like I that. probably wouldn't make any money <laughs> doing that, but um, it would feel good and it would be a great thing to do in the world. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, you have survived. Congratulations. Uh, for, <laughs> Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the PPC show, uh, really talking through automation and attribution, just really hot topics right now within the industry and sharing your bold uh, statements and your bold thoughts. And I, I really appreciate uh, your time and for you coming on and sharing those with us. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. It was really, it's a lot of fun. And uh, it just, it, it, that really flew by. It was just like sitting and having a cup of coffee. 